Welcome to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill DeMent, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry and talk about the many adventures of owning a small business. Hey, Bill. Morning, partner. How's it going? Doing all right. Get this year's rolling along steadily now. We are... Yeah, it's well underway. Well underway. January, by the time this comes out, January will be three quarters over. Yep. Ridiculous. Here we go. We've, we've already got a show, franchise show coming up in February, going to Dallas, Texas. Excited about Super that. excited about that. Yes, indeed. Um, it's fun that we've actually got a guest today that I've known. Uh, I've known uh, Mandy Waters for quite a while now through just... Chamber of Commerce, through BNI, and we just bump, each, bump into each other quite a bit. And we've been planning to have her on this show for a long time. So we finally have wrangled our schedules together. Terrific. And we have the pleasure of introducing <clears throat> Mandy Waters, who is an account, uh, what are you, an account? Uh, I'm an account manager. Account manager with Merit Business Solutions. So welcome, Mandy. Hey, guys. You're welcome in. It's great We're to be here. here. Thank you for inviting me. Account manager. All right. So <laughs> let's just get into this for a second. Merit Business Solutions. All right. Who are you and what does Merit do? Well, Merit Business Solutions is a um, HR outsourcing broker house. So essentially what we do is that we vet over 40, uh, 30 different PEOs uh, that we work with. We have three different uh, payroll companies that we work with. We have um, uh, an HR firm. Uh, that we work with for fractional HR services that can help build an HR department within a business. Um, we have uh, we work with our own benefits team, and then we have a couple of vendors for 401k and IRAs. So a little bit of everything. We understand that uh, every business has specific needs, so we customize our solutions to be able to fill just those needs. Wow. So you guys kind of run the gambit on HR solutions. And one of our, we talked about this off air, but one of our big things here is, is, is not trying to do business in a vacuum, right? Not doing business with, but you try to own everything. So I bet you there's a few things that you know about HR and about payroll and about workers comp, employee manuals that I don't know. And so I think that's the benefit of having a company like yours you know, in the back pocket, but let's dig into it a little bit. How about you? What, I mean, Mandy, how'd you get this job? How did you kind of come about? What's the, uh, what's the fun of the, I mean, the fun world of, of Mandy leading you to this, this glamorous world of HR. Oh, and believe me, I've tried to bring sexy back to HR. Right. <laughs> it's not uh, very sexy. No. And most of the time it's not a whole lot of fun. Um, but, um, so I worked as a production electrician for 16 years. I, did lighting for tours and concerts, events and weddings. Um, and one day, just like so many other people, I decided I wanted to start a bit. I wanted to start a business. Um, so with a good idea and an interest of not wanting to work for stupid people anymore, I started a business. But apparently you need more requirements to run a successful one. And the business model that I had was I didn't need a labor force. It was going to be me, myself, and I. And at that point in time, I hated my boss because um, I never got any paid time off. I needed a raise. Um, but I was really bad at sales. I was very good at technical, but I was very bad at sales. And I landed one job that was installing LED lights on the outside of a, a 
a wedding venue. And I got it all together, but I just hired some day laborers. Um, I brought in my roommate's daughter's boyfriend and a couple of people that just needed to make some extra bucks. I pissed off the wrong licensed electrician who called the Department of Labor on me. And because I didn't collect I-9s, it cost me over $30,000 in compliance fines. Wow. So now the my only passion is to help prevent business owners from going through the same exact thing. Mm. So I don't, I'm not a specialist in HR. I'll put that out right now. Um, I, I'm here to give advice because I've taken the time to learn more about it. But the, you just don't know what you don't know. And Google will only answer the questions you specifically ask. And if you don't know to ask that, you don't get the answers that you need to be able to be successful. Well, so you learn the hard way how how important it is to have that knowledge for for HR. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's not sexy, mm-hmm. it's not pretty, and it's not a lot of fun. But HR is meant to protect your business. So, as a business owner, what is what, what are some of the first things that we would want to do? We're we're small. Uh, we might have one employee. You know. But we have to start thinking now for the future, right? We begin with the end in mind. It's kind of the, the thing that we like to talk about. What are some of the things that we should start thinking about right now, whether it's a employee manual handbook, whether it's the difference between doing W-2s or independent contractors? Maybe we can talk about that just a little bit. Oh, my. That is a loaded question, and I could go on for a while about it. Um, I'll bring up uh, an employee handbook because Mm -hmm. before you hire your first employee, you should have policies and procedures in place to protect your business, whether it's a disciplinary um, and termination policy, uh, which just gives them the process. You're going to get a written or a verbal warning, a written warning, and then third strike, you're out. Um, you have a PTO policy and how it accruals. Um, you should have uh, a dress code policy. Uh, what what are some of the instances that would uh, validate automatic termination? Um, all these things are, are clear communication to the employee of what they can expect from you and what you should be expecting from them. Um, and then with that clear communication, you're, you're actually protecting yourself. So it, get that done. It kind of like outlines the agreement between the business and the employee. Like we promise you, we will do this for the employee. Mm-hmm. And then we promise you that you're going to do this for us. And by the way, if you mess up, here's why you might get in trouble. Um, things like, you know, fighting and doing drugs and showing up late, showing up all late. the time. I mean, a tardy policy is important because that's horrible. Uh, you know, consistency is bad um, when it comes to an employee. So trying to figure those things are out are, are good. Actually, one of the very first things I did for Hole in the Wall was we created our employee handbook. We just literally, you know, you know, blew it up and just created from scratch social media policies. Yeah, and that's a big part of what you brought in because we didn't have anything like that. Yeah. And, and, and like you, Mandy, we just, we didn't know, you know, gratefully I didn't get, I didn't get punished for it, um, but if you you just don't know what you don't know. Well, exactly. So, We're starting um, a, a newsletter of sorts of you're fine until you're not, because how many business owners just do the exact same thing they've always done and they've been fine so far? Oh yeah. <laughs> until you're not. Yeah. yeah. 
And then you're like, well, but I've always done it this way. I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the Department of Labor doesn't care that you don't know, and the IRS doesn't know care that you don't know, and the EEOC doesn't care that you yeah. don't know. Well, the police always used to tell you uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Exactly. I didn't know it was wrong to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. It, I didn't know driving 110 was against the law. Is Sorry, it, is it, it is. Is it wrong? I did uh, not know that. Nobody uh, explained that to me. Uh, well, it's funny. And, and and one of the things that I see business owners do is they'll they'll maybe create a manual or it just might be the small booklet. Um, and then they put it on a shelf and they never address it. They never have them sign it or look at it and, you know, acknowledge, yes, I see this. Thank you very much. Um, ours is now online. So we have everything online and they have to go online and they have access to it, um, you know, 24 seven, they can read our, you know, well, what days off we getting this week for, for holiday pay? You know, do we get holiday pay? Well, it's all written down, you know, um, we can be generous above and beyond what's written down, but it's all there for them. Um, so they don't they don't sign for it, but they also don't. It's a living, breathing document. As mm-hmm. things develop, you need to add that into your into your manual. One of the things I'll tell you, a confession. Last year, we had an employee. We have a no tattoo policy. You know, it's just you know nothing too visual. You know, but a lot of people have tattoos, and we've lacked our tattoo policy over the years just because it's become more prevalent now, and it's not as big of a deal as it used to be back in my Disney days. You know. No tattoos and no facial hair and yeah. short hair. And now it's a little little more lenient. Um, and I had a gentleman go to vacate on vacation. He came, came, he came back after a couple of weeks. And I didn't see him on the Monday when he arrived, but I heard about him because he was like, hey, did you see? He's got a new tattoo. I go, oh, really? What is it? It's an eyeball on his throat. <gasps> and we're like, uh, what? I can't have someone with an eyeball on their throat going into you know, little Liddy Smith's house. And so because of that, we went ahead and designed a more robust tattoo and body modification policy yeah. <laughs> and added it to our, added it to our handbook just so there is crystal clear outlines in the future of right. this is not acceptable behavior. Um, Cause he's, well, no, well, it, it, now you do. Don't do that again. Yeah. So he's no longer in the company. <laughs> well, and that's important for business owners to, be very clear and to change those policies when needed. The problem that I've seen is those that have written handbooks, leave it up on the shelf and don't do anything with it, but don't don't adhere to their policies either. Mm. So then that's rules for discrimination. Yeah. And that's We are in a society where every law firm out there is advertising. And when you get some of these bigger ones say, hey, were you terminated uh, due to discrimination or wrong for termination? I'll help you out. These small business owners don't even know what hit them. Yeah, they don't yeah. stand a chance, do they? Yeah. I'm, a- I'm curious, if, if a company doesn't have policies like that, is that something that you guys could assist with or advise on or supply to them? Well, we don't supply it to them. What I'll do is that we work with several individual um, HR consultants and an HR firm. So depending on the level of expertise that you need, I've got a couple of HR representatives that can write a handbook for a small business with one location. Everyone works in the office um, and it's pretty simple based off of the laws. 
just to be able to come up with those policies and procedures and put it together. I've got ones that work nationwide and um, can assist with businesses that have multiple locations and really need those different laws for each state. Oh, yeah. Because every see that. state has different laws. As a matter of sure. fact, every county has different laws. Mm. So you need someone who can specialize in, in, in getting diving in deep to make sure that you're compliant. Uh, but yes, I do work with several HR consultants that would be able to do that. Yeah. So outlining the disciplinary policy, um, that's key in, in part of your handbook. And to, and to, to honor that policy, mm -hmm. I, I know from, from years past that there are these things called protected classes that as a small business owner, I may not know what that is. Do you know what the, I'm sure you know what those are. What are some things that, I mean, refresh me from my, my memory here. So I, obviously age. Uh, there's age, there's race, there's gender, there's sexual orientation, um, there's a, a disabled, um, religious affiliation, religious. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think female too is actually a protected class. Well, that's well, gender. Saying gender. gender duh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know all the different ones. Yeah. I, 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 I just remember know. we had a guy who was over 40 and that was, I was told by the HR company, you know, listen, this is protected class. Just. If the time comes, you got to terminate him. Make sure you have all your documentation, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of where we, you know, you don't know until you, you don't know. And, and making sure you have all the, of the documentation down. You know, well, I told this guy 14 times not to show up late. Well, where's your documentation? Well, well I just told him. Well, well and that's important for every employee. Mm -hmm. and, and the whole thing about discrimination is about treating every employee, no matter of their race, their gender, their sexual orientation, the exact same. That's what it's about being inclusive. Yeah. And that's going to protect you in the long run. In the long um, run, having these things done ahead of time kind of protect your butt a little bit, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's and, that, and that's what it's all about is protecting you, yourself. Um, I had brought a couple of different things about compliance uh, to go over um, – yeah, but you're, you're a very prepared him. guest. She's got, yeah, she's got no. notes. Absolutely, uh, and feel free to jump in on that. Yeah, um, I'm curious about about like some some workers' comp horror stories. Anything that you've that you've come across that maybe we can kind of glean some insight from that we can not duplicate some stupid mistakes. Well, I mean, I don't have the workers' comp uh, horror stories. I'm mm -hmm. not a, a specific carrier. I lead people to the carrier that they need, right, whether broker, it's an right. yeah, yeah, I'm a broker. Um, I I do want to share a story, and just for um, protecting the innocent, I'm not going to name the the company name. Um, but I I had a guy approach me about a uh, employee that he had that just didn't show up for work for two weeks. And after two weeks, uh, the owner went to the, the employee's house to get the company vehicle. I don't know why it lasted two weeks, but after two weeks, he went to the company vehicle and terminated the guy. That next day, he put in a worker's comp claim for himself, said that he was terminated due to being hurt on the job, and then went to a large um company, a large law firm, to put in a claim. Now, because he doesn't have anyone in HR to fight the fraudulent workers' comp claim, workers' comp is going to end up paying the employee $12,000. And that's going to end up jacking his work comp rates like sky high. Um, 
every big law firm that's taken on this employee has dropped them, but it could have cost them over $120,000, or at least that's what the original um, claim was for. Wow. And you you hear these stories all the time. Um, I have a a CPA out in... um, in Seattle, uh, that has multiple locations. He had one lady that was working for him. Uh, no one liked her. Apparently he said that he was going to have a conversation with her, took her to lunch. There was no documentation, nothing really, uh, planned out or agenda. Nothing was signed. Um, the next day she decided to, uh, that there was too much traffic to go to the office. He terminated her and that cost him one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars because really? n- there was no documentation, there was no disciplinary actions, there was no workaround. It was, I got terminated <clears throat> for discrimination. Wow. And so, I mean, these these are real stories, and this is why it's so important that business owners, no matter how big or small they are, realizes that. HR is is not frivolous. It's not just for large companies. It's for every business to protect themselves. So it's for the business owner to have to protect them. But it's also, I mean, aren't isn't HR kind of like the the middleman between the employee and the owner? Sometimes, like the HR department is the one who clarifies benefits, clarifies how much accrual time you have on your PTO. You know, then they they kind of help. If you want to raise, a lot of times the HR department is there to kind of be the middleman for that as well, right? So it's not just a business, you know, focus. This is this is actually a, the whole company focus, right? Well, we're we're um, advocates of employees because when you look at your turnover rate for a business, it could end up costing a lot of money to have to constantly rehire. So there's um, there is a lot on retention of employees, uh, employee engagement. Uh, figuring out what's really going to keep your top talent. If a business owner ever wants to sell the business um, and retire or go on vacation, he needs to be able, or, and I shouldn't say, say he, um, any business owner that wants to be able to step away, they need to be able to retain good key employees, figure out how to give them the training they need to be able to run the business um, so that a business owner can step away or sell it for top money. Yeah. Um, but that's why HR is, is more of a advocate of employees. How can we retain an employee? Um, how can we um, build structures so to keep them engaged? Um, do exit interviews so that we learn, you know, how people are, are really looking at their company base and their company culture. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, it is very much about engaging, um, employees. I've, I've got some, there's, there's so much that can be said about the onboarding process, um, and how you engage them from the time you offer the position and send the offer letter, send them their paperwork, create a week in advance so that they have something to look forward to who they're going to talk to. Um, making sure that an employee, when they walk in for their first day, knows where they're going, knows what they're doing, knows where they're actually working towards. Because otherwise, you're going to have people leave for, you know, another job that that makes 50 cents more an hour. Yeah. 
Well, retention is important, right? So I mean, the, one of our things is our best employees are the ones who've been here for years. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who've been here forever. And they tend to be the most productive. Mm-hmm. So if I could put a little effort into keeping employees, it would save us definitely tons of money in the long run. So it sounds like it would actually save us money to hire someone to do some of these things for us. Well, and, and there's, that's the nice thing about outsourcing it. Um, Cause bringing in an HR representative can be rather costly, um, especially because there's so many different levels of SHRM certifications um, and levels of what needs to be done in, in order for, so SHRM actually advises that there should be one HR person per 100 employees. Well, I can tell you after the multiple research that I've done, Mm -hmm. one person cannot handle all of these things for a hundred employees. So (laughs) a team of people are needed to be able to, to really work best as an HR, but there are businesses that just can't afford that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or being able to find the right people to be able to do that. Um, since we, we know how hard it is to bring on and hire good talent anyway. Uh, so by outsourcing, you're at least sharing in the liability, um, that a business owner has for their employees. They're able to, uh, learn about the different laws that are coming out. Um, a law that I'm actually kind of excited and, and, and I want to make, you know, people aware of is that there was the EEOC had proposed a new a threshold for salary exempt employees. Right now it's set for $35,000 a year, uh, or around $35,000 a year. They're proposing it should be $55,000 a year. So anyone that has a salary employee that's not management, they should start looking at their budget to say, do we want to bump them to 55 or do we put them on hourly and have to pay them overtime? Because that's all part of, you know, um, the budget of a business. And that's, and does that compliant. law come into effect? No, they're they're voting on it in April. I will keep you informed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm but, not sure we have anyone that follows that that category. Yeah, I don't think so. <clears throat> but maybe I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that mean that means thirty five thousand. I mean, I think what what industry would have a salary person making thirty five thousand? I mean, maybe a assistant manager at McDonald's or something. Thirty years ago. Yeah. yeah, but they're management, so they wouldn't necessarily fall into the salary exempt. Right, so this would be a non-management position. Yeah. yeah. This is someone that you just want to pay salary, you know, because you don't want to have to deal with hours and you don't want to have to deal with time in attendance. And, you know, um, a lot of business owners use text as a form of communication. That all needs to be done during business hours. Texting? <laughs> Texting. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, any type of communication that would be hours worked. Want to become a business owner, but not sure where to start? A hole in the wall drywall repair franchise could be the opportunity you've been waiting for. As a franchisee, you'll have access to our comprehensive training program, ongoing support, and a proven business model developed to help entrepreneurs like yourself succeed. With our low overhead costs and high demand for services, you'll be able to hit the ground running and start generating income quickly. Achieve financial success while providing a valuable service to your community. Go to holeinthewallfranchising.com and take the first steps towards achieving your entrepreneurial dreams. All right, what else you got in your notes? What's important here? Um, Well, uh, so 
I, I mentioned it last year in a couple of different um, events, but Florida passed an immigration law that mandates that private employers with 25 employees or more are uh, have to use E-Verify to confirm work authorization status. Extreme penalties will be imposed to employers for noncompliance in fines and possibly the loss of license to be able to run a business in Florida. So that's only 25 and over. 25 employees and over. Okay. Um, However, if you've got 15 employees, then you have to look at ADA regulations because that's for, and and that's the thing, you grow and you get excited because you get more employees, that's more liability, that's more compliance, there's more that you need to know. If you don't know, it will still bite you. Um, The Florida's minimum wage increased to $12 per hour um, last year and will continue to increase by $1 until it reaches $15 an hour in 2026. Um, So that's important for people that are trying to just pay the bare minimum to be able to have someone. You're going to have to put in your budget to raise their their rates anyway. Yeah, it's funny because during COVID... We, um, uh, some of our entry level employees were making less than 15 an hour. And over the course of the past couple of years, we can't even find employees that want to make anything less than 15 an hour. So we've had to up our minimum wage, our minimum here, even for entry level employees. Just yeah, our pay scale has slowly been going up. Even before, you know, not that I was a fan of that to begin with, but we had to, we were doing it regardless of it because it's hard to find good employees. Listen, I, I drive by the Taco Bell and they're hiring at 14 bucks an hour and they pay you the same day that you clock out your shift. So, Oh, yeah. Stuff. There was years ago when I was working a, a, at a company and I was working you know, 45 hours a week and I saw that you could clean hotels for more an hour than I was making. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second here. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the wrong field. Yeah. We, <laughs> wrong we try nature. to tout the career path, not just the job path. If you want a job, yeah. you can definitely make, get a job making more money. But is that the career you want to have long term? Um, that's a, I don't know, an internal, an internal thing that I talk about here. Just like we want to train you and give you a skill set that will last you forever. I know you can make more money at Arby's. You can't here, but for other companies, you, you know, you can, make, you can make more money at Arby's than you can working for a landscape or whatever. But the uh, it's not the career path you necessarily want to have. I don't want to be in food service the rest of my life. Well, I don't want to be in food service no. at all. Mm. <laughs> I never did. Mm. <laughs> but and that's and that's important. That's all part of what um, HR can do. Most business owners are still working in their business, so they don't have the time to really think about this. Um, but if they don't have a plan in place, then they're not going to be able to retain their employees, and they will always be in the day-to-day mm-hmm. operations. That's true. Um, so uh, career pathing is definitely um, part of what HR can bring to the table for smaller businesses. Mm-hmm. So we spent a little bit of time establishing how important it is to have at least an eye on HR. Uh, for a small business, how expensive can that be to outsource it, and how is that um, how is the how is it structured? Is that per employee or is that a monthly, weekly, annual fee? Well, and that's the thing. It all depends on what your needs are. Um, I I had a, a a client that bought a business that he knew nothing about, and he paid a lot of money for it. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make this worth twice the amount in two years. And he came in. 
and the employees were actually 1099 contractors, so there was no loyalty there. Um, the the way there was no overtime offered, there were no benefits offered, and they were completely out of compliance. So it was just trying to figure out where he wanted and what he needed to work on right away. So it was coming up with um, compliance and getting that handbook together first. Then he was looking at compensation planning so that he could build tiers so that when someone walked through the door, they had something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. You know, we put it as uh, you come in as an apprentice, you graduate to journeyman, and you have the option to go into foreman. Uh, which is great, but you need to be able to figure out how much you're going to compensate for each one, how to budget that out. Um, And that's one of the services that an HR firm was able to do and figure out. Now, there's services, there are people who are paid 1099 contractors, and I help walk them through what W-2 actually looks like and the different taxes they're liable for and how that's going to be paid out. Um, There is no set you know, it's going to cost you this amount for a week, a month, a year. Um, It just depends on what you're in need for. If you're in need for bells and whistles, I've got plenty of vendors that have bells and whistles and can give you the la-di-da-di-da. If you're just looking for bare minimums to stay compliant and stay afloat, I got those options too. Okay. So you're talking about compliance. What are some of the compliance things we got to consider? Well, uh, when it comes to uh, W-2 and 1099, I actually brought the um, the Internal Revenue Service 20-point checklist for independent contractors. 20 points. Oh, <laughs> 20, wow. 20 points. <laughs> um, if you answer yes to all of the first four questions, you're probably dealing with an independent contractor. Yes to any of the questions, 5 through 20, means your worker is probably an employee. Um, a lot of people get scared when it comes to um, having employees because then that's that's 10% um, that they're going to have to be paying just in FICA taxes, yep. food taxes, and suit taxes. Mm. Um, oh, and then I also brought some other uh, paperwork. But um, I'm not quite sure if you're interested in going through some of these I'm curious. questions. Hit, yeah, hit some of the highlights there. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's stop at – let's start at five. So instructions, do you have the right to give the worker instructions about when, where, and how to work? Mm -hmm. Then they're probably an employee. employee. Mm -hmm. Do you train the worker to do the job in a particular way? Then they're probably an employee. Integration, are your workers' services so important to your business that they have become a necessary part of your business? They're employees. Services rendered personally, must the worker provide the services personally as opposed to delegating tasks to someone else? They're an employee. Hiring assistants, do you hire, supervise, and pay the worker's assistance? Um, Continuing relationship, is there an ongoing relationship between the worker and yourself? Work hours, do you set the work hours, the worker's hours? And that's really big. Mm -hmm. Uh, Full-time work, must the worker spend all of his or her time on your job? Mm -hmm. Um, Work done on premises, must the individual work on your premises, or do you control the route or location where the work must be performed? 
Probably looking at an employee then, aren't you? Well, you really are. Good thing we did this a long time ago, huh? Yeah, boy. <clears throat> well, well, and that's the thing. If you are caught, if you have a disgruntled employee that goes and says, well, I was an actual employee. I was in a 1099 contractor just to get unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, then they're going to come back and audit you and ask you these questions. If you find that you've misclassified, you could be paying extreme fines not only to pay for their FICA and their SUDA and their FUDA for all of your employees, but then you're going to be paying back pay and overtime that may not have been calculated correctly. There's a lot of obligations. Um, If someone, if a small business thinks that it's expensive to start and get their, their employees turned into actual employees, it's going to cost them a lot more if they get caught. Yeah. Um, I also, um, I brought down, uh, I brought some literature on uh, unemployment claims. Because mm. um, the the biggest problem is if you have um, an employee, you've worked so hard to get a new employee, you train them, they don't show up um, after a month or two, and they set up for unemployment. Um, I've been asked by several people, uh, business owners, well, don't they have to work for your company for like six months to get unemployment claims? According to Sherm, there is no set length of time an employee must work for one employer to collect unemployment claims. So what's most important is that you appeal when you need to. You have 20 days to appeal something. So the way that they explain it is that the chargeable percentage is based on the amount of wages each employer, if there is more than one employer in a a five-quarter period, um, the, uh, the, each employer paid the worker, uh, as compared to the worker's total wages for insured work during the base period of the claim. For example, if there were two base period employers, each pay, having paid 3000 in the base period, each would be chargeable with 50% of the benefits, benefits paid to the, to the claimant. Well. They said benefit payments made to the eligible claimant are charged to the taxpayer's employer's experience rating record when the employer paid the individual wages of 100 or more within the base period. And anyone who's paid, you know, someone less than 100 then doesn't touch them. But, I mean, $100 doesn't go far no, <laughs> when you're hiring no. someone to, to so do a job. Does having a payroll company or PEO kind of, they take care of that side of it, right? There, uh, yes, a payroll comp. When you're in a PEO, you're under their suitor rate, so they mm-hmm. are definitely going to appeal any unemployment claim because they don't want their unemployment or reemployment uh, tax ID to get any higher. Right. Um, so there are many um, exemptions. Like if if a if they if the employee had not shown up. You need to have that documented and then be able to appeal it within 20 days to be able to, you know, not have to pay. Um, there's, I, I can send a list of, of all the things that will, will deny them an unemployment claim. Yeah. Um, I can add that uh, later. I did not bring that with me. Nice. Um, well, I just, part of me is thinking like, this is another reason why I don't want to do my own payroll. We used to do our own payroll years ago, mm-hmm. and um, we we stopped. And I'm glad because I don't 
want to have to worry about. So finding a company like yours that can help find us the proper company, it leads us down, not down this road. We don't have to worry about the Suda, Fuda, you know, we got W2 employees. They got workers' comp is covered by by yeah, the PEO. Mm-hmm. Once the, for our company, if we have someone gets hurt, I'm involved just because they say, here, fill this form out and go to the emergency room, mm-hmm. you know. And then from there, my payroll company runs the whole thing. And and then we actually had, it was years ago, we had um, our, our safety consultant for our payroll company calls me up. She says, hey, listen, just curious. Um, what safety razor are your guys using? I go, what do you mean? He says, well, you guys use razor blades, right? I go, yeah, every day. The guys cut drywall with razor blades. He says, well, which safety razor blades are you using? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. We go to Home Depot and we buy a razor knife and we just, you know, use it. She says, oh, okay, well, here are some suggestions. And she sends us a list of like four or five safety razors that are designed to retract when you let go of them to help prevent people from getting cut because people do get cut um, occasionally. Uh, most of the guys just kind of put a bandaid on and move on, but they mm-hmm. could be a claim, and so they want to make sure they're protected against that. And so they taught us that there actually was such a thing, and then we actually impl- implemented that we hand them out if every employee gets issued safety razors now, and they're told that they have to use these safety razors and some just to make sure that we can keep them safe on job site and kind of protect ourselves. But thanks to having this HR rep, the safety person, in our back pocket that kind of coached us through that. Because without that, we may be exposed. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, there, there are many benefits to a small business joining with a PEO, um, especially to be able to get some of the tax breaks when it comes to, you know, being part of a much larger um, a company. Uh, risk management, a lot of PEOs that have uh, that work with their carriers closely will assist their clients in risk management. And that's what you're talking about. Safety training, additional um, uh, risk mitigation techniques. Uh, Bringing that up can lower the amount of workers' comp claims, which could then um, mitigate how many people are out not being able to work, which will ultimately help out with your workers' comp and with your turnover I mean, it's all it, it's all employee based, and and I think that's that's huge. There are so many things to kind of tackle um, as a small business owner. I'm glad that I don't have to do this alone because we've implemented this process in our company for for you know for many years now. Um, but obviously, you've you've proven to me just in this short conversation we've had here why it's important to have somebody like you in our corner, right? Well, and that's, that's a nice thing. So we offer free assessments. And what we'll do is we just go through all the different aspects when it comes to um, HR topics, your payroll, your workers comp, um, your human resource or your employing, your employee engagement. Uh, we go through your benefits, your 401k and what you're offering, what you're not, what you'd like, where things might go better. Um, and then from there, you know, the sky is the limit. Uh, you can take that and run with it and f- try to figure it out all on your own. Or I can definitely assist in finding you different solutions with the different services and the different prices. And then you can figure out what's going to make the best business sense for your company. Yeah. And it really, for me, it really highlights that, you know, you said a little while ago that we used to do our own payroll. There's so much more to HR than just making the payroll. And unless you're just looking at it full time, you you just can't know it all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a real value. What you guys what you guys are able to do. 
Well, how do we get a hold of you? If someone wants to get a hold of Merit Business Solutions, what's the best way to do that? Um, well, you can give me a call. My phone number is 201-303-3008. You can send me an email, uh, Mandy, M-A-N-D-I, at mbspeobroker.com. Um, yeah. Very cool. Well, I encourage all of our small business owners out there not to take their HR for granted. Make yeah, sure that don't stick ready. your head in the sand on this one, right? Don't do that for sure. And uh, just know that um, there's people out there that can help you through that. Do not do business in a vacuum, folks. This is this is how you succeed. You pay the right people. Pay them now, or else you're going to be paying the government or, or claims later. So, well, Manny, thank you for showing up yeah, today. Thanks for coming out. Great today. show. I appreciate you and, and and all that you bring to the table and your company and uh, give your. Uh, your, your your business partners and, and, and owners our, our appreciation to let you come here and hang out with us today. So great show, everybody. Enjoy. Thank, thank you very you. much. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Whole New Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. If you'd like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall.com. If you'd like to learn more about how to start a Hole in the Wall franchise, go to holeinthewallfranchising.com.